This episode is brought to you by Philly Gemstones. In this sort of age of Instagram, where people really want to draw attention to themselves, mm. there is no better way mm. than having something on your head that glitters. Mm. So here I am. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The earrings can easily be hidden by the hair, or yes. the same necklaces can be hidden by the dress or the hair, yes. but a tiara is right there in plain sight. You side. literally can't miss them. Welcome to If Jewels Could Talk. I'm Carol Walton, the voice of jewellery, an author, broadcaster, and the woman who initiated the role of jewellery editor at magazines like Tatler and British Vogue. This is a podcast for everyone, for people who do like jewellery, for people who don't realise they like jewellery, and anyone intrigued by fascinating facts, new ideas, and forgotten histories. So please join me as I tell sparkly tales, meeting all sorts of people, delving into four centuries of jewellery culture, and investigate what's happening now. Welcome back to If Jewels Could Talk. I'm thrilled to be starting a new season. While everyone in London is celebrating Her Majesty's Platinum Jubilee, for anyone out of the UK, that means the Queen has been on the throne for 70 years. So the whole nation is celebrating her coronation in a number of ways, from street parties to incredible exhibitions to creating special works of art. And on If Jules Could Talk, we are going to celebrate by talking about tiaras. Because if you don't talk about tiaras when you're talking about royalty, what do you talk about? So I am thrilled to invite you in this morning to Sotheby's Auction House on Bond Street in London, where we're going into the vaults with Christian Spofforth, who is the head of jewellery, to look at 46 tiaras, historic ancestral tiaras that have been loaned from stately houses across the country that were actually worn at Her Majesty's coronation, including some new ones, and one made by Kiki McDonough, who's also joining us. Although Kiki's renowned for putting incredibly colourful gems together in her jewellery, she's created an all-diamond tiara. And we are going to talk about that, and we are going to talk about about the historic tiaras that were worn at the Queen's coronation. Now, this Ancestral Jewels exhibition will run from the 28th of May to the 15th of June. You don't need a ticket, you just need to turn up. Probably not at lunchtime, it'll probably be quite crowded at lunchtime, but it's open, it's free, and you get to see historic jewellery. I'm so delighted to be in Sotheby's surrounded by glorious tiaras with Christian Spofforth and British jewellery designer Kiki McDonough. Christian, thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure. And Good allowing us into the vaults in <laughs> Sotheby's. <laughs> and Kiki, thank you so much for coming all the way from Sloan Square from your flagship store. Really pleased to be here, especially talking about tiaras. Well, we like, we do, anyone, I think, who loves jewellery, particularly loves tiaras. Exactly. What yeah. is it, Christian, do you think, that really I, I think grabs the attention of yeah, the Yeah, I, I think it's the magnificence. They're, they're, they're worn so rarely. Most Most of the people who've been kind enough to loan us these tiaras have always said, oh yeah, it's, it's really nice to have it out of the vault and to go for an example like an exhibition like this, it's just amazing. It fascinates people, captures the imagination. People think of them as a kind of jewellery dinosaur that no one wears them. But Kiki, you know that, and me as a journalist and you as a jewellery designer, how many times do we say the tiara's coming back? 
Well, I think actually quite often, but it never does. But, never quite does. But I think it has been helped by, um, rather weirdly, I think it's been helped by Bridgerton, where they appear to be always in tiaras. I think you're right, The Gilded Age, Bridgerton, yeah. all these shows have made a sort of Georgian moment come back. Yes, they? and I think, um, you know, it's a long time since there was a tiara exhibition. I think it must be, what, 20 years or something? Yeah, 20 years 20 since the V&A. 20 years since yeah. the V&A. And I think it, it's time. And it's just such a tragedy that they're all kept in vaults and no one ever sees them. Yeah, it's really nice. I mean, it's fascinating. Some of these I've only ever seen in photographs and books, so it's actually really nice to be able to see some of them in the flesh. Um, and as we were saying about contemporary ones... Bringing back the tiara, I think, you know, the, your tiara, as well as some of the, the more contemporary ones we've mm. got, there's actually a lot of modern tiaras floating around out mm. there, but they tend to be not as well known. So mm. being able to incorporate some of those in this exhibition, showing sort of the old and the new is really exciting as well. So hopefully bringing back the tiara. And I think you're right, the Gilded Age, mm. Bridgerton, yeah. all these shows have made a sort of Georgian moment come back. Yes, they? and I think... Um, you know, it's a long time since there was a tiara exhibition. I think it must be, what, 20 years or something? Yeah, 20 years since 20 the v &A. 20 years since yeah. the V&A. And I think it, it's time. And it's just such a tragedy that they're all kept in vaults and no one ever sees them. Yeah, it's really nice. I mean, it's fascinating. Some of these I've only ever seen in photographs and books. So it's actually really nice to be able to see some of them in the flesh. Um, and as we were saying about contemporary ones, Bringing back the tiara, I think, you know, the, your tiara, as well as some of the, the more contemporary ones we've mm. got, there's actually a lot of modern tiaras floating around out mm. there, but they tend to be not as well known. So mm. being able to incorporate some of those in this exhibition, showing yeah. sort of the old and the new is really exciting as well. So hopefully bringing back the tiara. Emeralds, the Westminster Halo tiara, yeah, it does show an incredible slice of 200 years. But particularly um, the coronation because a lot of these tiaras actually were worn at Her Majesty's coronation in 1953, and the show at Sotheby's is to celebrate this year's Platinum Jubilee. Exactly. Uh, it's wonderful to be able to, to be one of the official partners of the pageant um, and to celebrate the Jubilee in this style and to have, we think it's about a dozen of the tiaras um, will have been worn at the coronation. Obviously, it comes back down to sort of family history. Photographs of the coronation are sort of quite prevalent, but being able to identify from the black and white which tiaras are which it's just a blur of diamonds but we do know around about a dozen were definitely the coronation which is so exciting yeah and so were they all all the owners very very pleased to take part in the exhibition yes absolutely the, the response has been overwhelming when i was first asked to do this i thought you know that there were about four tiaras in the safe so i thought right i've got to start um i said we'd probably get somewhere between a dozen and 20 um, we're just under 50 now and I've, I've had to very politely decline quite a few as well I think given more time and more expanse, I probably could have got to 100. So everyone's very excited about the project. It's lovely. And you've had to clean a few. They haven't been worn for a while, have they? No, exactly. We, we do, uh, <laughs> as we always say in department, light cleaning, because we don't want to over-polish them and make them too shiny. A little bit of the old patina and, and the colour on them makes the diamonds sparkle a little bit more. So, And the, the idea of sort of seeing them as they were worn, possibly at the coronation or before that, is, is really nice. So for some people listening think of the tiara as a kind of wedding jewel but it's got a much more significant history than that really it was antiquity wasn't it It was the romans and greeks who wore tiaras exactly and that's um as i mentioned sort of josephine and uh and napoleon were looking back to antiquity it was all the so idea it, it basically it was a lot a sleeping beauty between kind of romans and napoleon who looked back to emulate the romans and um 
and align himself with all that glory. Exactly. In the intervening centuries, there were sort of very few examples of tiaras being worn at all. Um, it was mainly crowns or coronets, um, of which we do have one or two examples, not from that period, but crowns or coronets. But until Napoleon, you know, they, they hadn't really been used at all or in any different form. Diadems, possibly sort of a row of diamonds around the head. But no, the tiara was brought back by Josephine, pretty much. We have an example, which is wonderful. She was obsessed with cameos and intaglios. Uh, and we have a wonderful example, which we sold here in our treasure cell last year, which was believed to have been worn by Josephine um, and was in the Victorian Albert Museum for, for about 60 years till it was sold. And the, the buyers have very kindly loaned that to us. So it's really nice to have that transition. And Napoleon and Josephine bought back the tiara specifically to make themselves look royal. They knew they couldn't suddenly be the Bourbons because they didn't have the jewellery. They didn't have that kind of regal air about them and they they had to elevate themselves so they literally did it with german tiaras didn't they exactly if you think about it um you know portraits were the sort of selfies of the time so by creating new jewelry styles new fashion styles josephine in the long white her figure hugging dresses which apparently at the time when we were doing our research into the cameo tiara the fashion was to sort of wet your dress at the time so you would look even more like a classical statue with the sort of the cloth clinging to your body wearing a cameo tiara, you really would look like a classical god. The stories which they, you know, the paintings, <laughs> the, the stories which they, they would retell, and the tiaras really was just reinventing the classical period in around 1800. And so from then, it kicked off. Everyone was looking at the paintings, the styles, you know, the the resurgence of art. So you're talking about a Georgian wet t-shirt competition. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, so, basically. <laughs> but also the poor things, they were wearing very, very thin muslin so they must have froze to death yeah you would imagine so when i read that i thought that's just you know crazy but but whatever for fashion and you know if that really did make you look like a classical statue at a party and you wanted to be seen as that then i suppose people were willing to do anything for fashion and you've got a few of these tiaras that definitely have royal associations we do yes um uh, we we can't say much and many of the tiaras have been loaned to us anonymously um some have been bought previously at auction which do have a uh, royal association um, but certainly the noble ones are the most prominent. But you have the famous Spencer tiara. We do. We've been very, very lucky to be loaned the Spencer tiara, which is very exciting. It is, yeah. And he, it is in the most magnificent leather and gold. It looks like a big hat box, but in it is this gorgeous tiara, which you spoke about very poignantly to me the other day, Christian, that turning it over in your hands, you really felt its power and influence and you felt that through the provenance of having been worn by Lady Diana Spencer when she married the Prince of Wales Absolutely. at the wedding. Yeah, we, we see, you know, huge amounts of jewellery here at Sotheby's um, and many of them have sort of uh, really poignant stories and sort of influence. But there are times when you pick up a piece of art or you look at a painting or a sculpture or often I'm, you know, privileged to handle pieces of jewellery like this and you do get... You know, the hairs on the back of the neck stand up and you do get a tingle because you think something that has been so pivotal in the last sort of 50 years and then you're holding something from, from that sort of family. It's, it's very exciting, yeah. And in fact, although the family date back to the 15th century, mm. this is relatively um, new. It's made from old pieces, isn't it, put together by Garrard? Exactly. So we think uh, in around uh, 1767, somewhere around there, the original tiara was sort of formed and most of the stones come from there. But it was in the 1930s that Garrard re redesigned it and manufactured it into this tiara that we recognise now. But when you look closely, you can see that the stones are really beautiful, 
wonky old old European and old brilliant cuts. Um, lovely, lovely old stones in there. And it has small tortoiseshell comb upside down, which is what would have held it into Diana's blonde bob. Exactly. As we said earlier, it's the hairdo was everything about tiaras. Um, we've got some incredible tiaras here that you would need to have an impressive head of hair, have it sort of stone in, stitched in, or use the hair comb to hold it in place whilst you're busy dancing away. And this is something you are really obsessed about, Kiki, isn't it? I know that. that yes. You think when people wear tiaras, they don't wear them properly. No, well, I think the most important thing, um, as Christian's just said, about wearing a tiara is to do your hair properly. I don't think you can just put it on your head and think, well, that, that's great. Gosh, the tiara looks lovely. You've got to help it a little bit with the hair because the wrong hair and sort of mad hairstyle or something, it, it's just a shame to do that because you, you will spoil the look. I think you need quite neat hair. You need to go to a hairdresser, really. You need to get to a hairdresser. You really do. You really do. <laughs> exactly, you have to have them fitted. You know, as you were saying, that one's got the hair comb. This one's got two and also an underframe, which, yeah, I mean, the, the weight of the this This is the Westminster thing. halo. That the Westminster halo that, you know, Christian's that's holding up, which is like, it is just like a very, very thick halo that you would have at the top of your head. It's just extraordinary. Exactly. And you, you have to have that tied into your hair pretty well. It's like a diamond it arch, isn't exactly. it? Is really? yeah. It is like a diamond arch. Mm. This had the very famous Arcot and Hastings diamonds. It did. So it was originally made by... Um, La Cloche. La Cloche, mm. um, one of the great French famous jewellers, and then was remodelled by Harry Winston and still has the Harry Winston plaque on the back and the name the Westminster Tiara. So it's been through the hands of two of the greatest mm. jewellers of the 20th century has had some of the biggest stones in the 20th century in it, uh, and in its own right is an mm. incredible piece. And it debuted in Vogue. Did it, really? On wow. the head of Lelia, Duchess of Westminster, mm. who wanted to show it off in 1930 when it was newly finished and came, um, was photographed by Cecil Beaton. Yeah, the Cecil Beaton mm. photo is very mm. famous mm. in it. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. stunning. Uh, but now, where are the Arcot and Hastings diamonds now? I have no idea, I'm afraid. It's one of those sort of either private families own them, uh, you would imagine. Uh, sitting in a safe somewhere, maybe mounted into, mm -hmm. into jewellery again, refashioned, you would hope. And so going back to our history of the tiara, so Napoleon and Josephine brought them back. So when was their heyday, Christian? When was the peak of the tiara fashion? I think we're probably looking at late 19th century to early 20th century. Um, the transition then, I think, for designs and styles was very, very prominent. Uh, if we look at sort of late Victorian period of a lot of mourning, and it was a very quiet, dark period for most of Europe, especially in, in uh, the United Kingdom with Victoria being in mourning. But tiara, tiaras were worn to important things, you know, the Delhi Durba, state opening of parliament, uh, royal events and things like that. And then the early 20th century, we get an influx of sort of wealth coming in from America, um, very wealthy Americans coming in and marrying British nobility. And that's where you get styles like the Westminster tiara coming in from this very architectural, um, or even sort of naturalistic uh, designs of tiaras re, re, sort of reinventing themselves. And so, yeah, that 50 years, I think you're probably looking at, sort of 1880, sort of to 1920, 1930 is when their heyday was. We mustn't forget the Russians, though. The Russians really are the ones who wore tiaras during the times of the Tsar and the Tsar, the, uh, you know, the early days of the Tsar and the Tsarina. I mean, they, the Russians have produced some of the most spectacular tiaras because true. they wore them to everything. Yeah. Um, all the people with money in Russia wore them to everything. So and there's a Kokoshniks. Yeah, I mean, they... they Kokoshniks are the sort of... Well, the original peasant headdress and they make them in diamonds, mm. sort of recreating that high shape. 
Yes, I think Fabergé made some beautiful ones. I mean, mm. they really were absolutely stunning. Well, you would and know I you've worn one, I hear. I have worn the Fabergé tiara mm. twice, actually, which which was just so pretty. It's very simple, but it's terribly pretty. I mean, I quite often think that... I mean, some of these tiaras are magnificent, but some of them aren't very pretty, what I would call pretty. I think they're magnificent. But the Fabergé ones that I've seen, and certainly the one I wore a couple of times, are very pretty. Um, and I think they're not huge, but they sit just on the top of the head. They don't go round the sides. Well, I think sometimes tiaras made, were made with different ideas that they were trying to achieve, because I think these family fenders were mm. basically to say, my yeah. family's grander than yours. Yes, absolutely. And my family gets back. I've got a greater lineage than you have. Yes. Um, so therefore, I've got more diamonds in my, my tiara. Whereas Fabergé, I think it was all about enhancing the woman. Yes, I think it was, definitely. What's very interesting, the, t the couple of times I wore it were to the opening of Parliament. I mean, this was 20 years ago, and I don't think they wear tiaras anymore, but you had to then. And you, you sat in order of your uh, the uh, importance of your title. So, of course, it started with the duchesses and go down. And, and it was just so interesting to see the, the, you know, the magnificent going down to the, 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 the beautiful down to the pretty. <laughs> so what the duchesses did have the grandest ones. The duchesses tended to have the grandest ones. They and then the, everywhere. I mean, they really did. They really did. And then the countesses, you know, the mar the marchionesses, and then the countesses, and then the ladies. And it was it was just a fascinating to watch. If you love jewellery and tiaras as much as I do, I, I mean, honestly, I'd have gate crashed it if I couldn't have gone. Uh, officially <laughs> when when you think about the spectacular nature of some of them and you know, the, the impressive nature and size is mm. absolutely stunning and the, the, the versatility as well they're quite heavy and i think the other thing you're worried about is that they go on the tilt if you move too quickly what, because yeah. there's nothing worse than a tiara on the tilt because um, because they just look lopsided it looks as it always look looks as if you've had yeah, you exactly look it looks as if you've had a bit too much to drink you know uh, so i think it's um you have to keep yourself fairly upright and, you know, composed. I mean, it does change your personality slightly because, you, you know, you walk in and, and you find yourself behaving like you wouldn't normally, you know, very composed, quite, um, you know, quietly spoken. and um, Because they're for formal wear. They absolutely. were for formal Extreme wear. So formal you were on wear, best behaviour. Absolutely. You were on best behaviour. And um, so I think, yes, you, they, they, you have to keep your... Head. I mean, how the Queen wears the, the crown that she normally wears at the opening Parliament. I mean, it's so heavy. She she doesn't move very much, and you can't. No. You can't. You have to move your head almost at the same time as your body. I think that um, Diana Spencer, when she was married as the Princess of Wales, she broke protocol by wearing the Spencer tiara frequently, mm. whereas tiara etiquette says... Once you're married, you only wear the head ornaments belonging to your husband's family. Mm. But she didn't, and people surmise that that's because the Spencer tiara was very light and comfortable. Yes. And the other ones gave her headaches. Yes, and also, I think when you're young, I mean, she was young, and I think Kate, uh, the um, Duchess of Cambridge is young, you know, you, you can't really wear the big enormous heavy ones you know because they're you need to wait till you're maybe 50 to wear those and then you know at their age they they would want to wear something a bit lighter and prettier really mm. exactly and the, yeah the spencer tr in its manufacture is very light and delicate 
And, and this one, I was saying, versatility is... He's holding, it looks like a kind of huge soup plate of diamonds, basically. <laughs> I mean, it, it is... It looks like a belt. Enormous. It, it, it is, in fact, be a... a belt as well. It is can it? be worn as a belt. If you are skinny enough, you can flip that upside down and take it apart. But it, it comes apart entirely in sections, very much in the Indian style of jewellery making. At the bottom of each panel is a tiny little round ball, which is a pin. So every single panel comes apart. The front and the back become brooches, so it can be worn. Uh, you can even see the engravings on the top, which are actually beautiful. And one of them says armlet. So again, in the oh, Indian goodness. style. What um, an amazing You can take the past I mean, it really does. So you could make a breastplate of all these brooches. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it, the versatility is absolutely incredible. Uh, but, where does that come from? Where uh, this it? is from a private collection, is, but yeah. um, mm. in its magnificence, it is mm. incredible as a tiara. Astonishing. But the ability to wear it as a belt, you know, possibly a bazuband two brooches as well, it is phenomenal and shows that something this spectacular can be used in different ways. But again, the jeans, I think, don't you? <laughs> it's actually not a suit, but it's, it's like a boat. It's like, it's, like, it's, yeah. it's like a huge boat. And this is a big diamond at the front. Exactly. There's, there's the two matching panels, one at the front and one at the rear, set with the large diamonds in, in each of them. And you can see in, in the, on the inside all the little different screws and fittings where it comes apart little hooks there where it could have been worn as a brooch and obviously probably a, a larger diamond suspended from it. Mm. So it really can be worn in different ways. It's a great example. And you've also got um, Queen Victoria's favourite tiara coming, haven't you? We do. We're, so we're still working with uh, Kensington Palace at the moment, but um, it's uh, going to be on loan for us for a couple of weeks. So I'm collecting it in just before the exhibition opens, uh, but that's been going to be very exciting to have here. Mm. And that was oh, painted wonderful. by Winterhalter in one of her famous portraits with her family, and Prince Albert designed it, didn't he? Exactly, yeah, that, that Winterhalter painting is Victoria mm. and Albert with their favourite things, so their children are there, they're holding things of importance to them, and she is wearing the emerald tiara because it was her favourite one. And you're going to collect it. That's I quite a stressful it. mission, isn't it? It, it is very stressful, but at least I'm going to have security guards with me and an armoured car to make sure everything <laughs> goes smoothly. Definitely not on the tube, then. No, definitely not on the tube. <laughs> I mean, that is amazing. So this tiara has to go around in its own armoured car with exactly. guards and... I mean, we, we, we often say it's one of the things, you know, auction has a say all the time, museum quality pieces. And to actually have, you know, so the Victoria's Emerald Tiara and the Cameo Tiara, that was the V&A, these truly are museum quality pieces. Oh. So we have to treat them as such yeah. and make sure every you know, measure of security is taken. And astonishing to have them all in one place exhibited together. Absolutely. The design is going to be absolutely beautiful. Rooms are going to be blacked out with sort of a you know, velvet plinths and then just a glass cabinet where you can see these tiaras. So they really will sparkle yes, in their own light. Yes, that's exactly right. How beautiful. Do you think that um, a tiara with diamonds is more eye-catching than, say, with emeralds or any other stone? It, it's a tricky one. When you see one tiara, if you happen to go to a party and someone's wearing a tiara, you're going to be blown away by it. If you go to the, the state opening of Parliament in sort of 1930, mm -hmm. you're going to see a couple of hundred tiaras. So mm -hmm. therefore... A sapphire one and an emerald one will stand out more and be slightly more exciting. But to me, I think it's mainly in the design of them. I mean, the diamonds are absolutely wonderful in their own right, but that's not really the value of the tiara because you're not going to take it apart to take the diamonds out. Mm. So it's the striking nature of them, how they look sitting on the head uh, and how the design is made, you know, like by Harry Winston or like Cloche. It's mm. something that the construction, I mean, you, you can imagine it's with, with your tiara, it must have taken ages it did. to make. We started it So we're talking about the Kiki tiara, <laughs> yeah, which has Kiki been tiara. created to celebrate British craftsmanship. 
this year and will be exhibited with all these historic tiaras, yes. which is... Um, yes, I'm very excited about that, yeah. and I'm thrilled that you put it in the exhibition, so thank you. Not at all. Um, because it's nice having a few modern ones, I exactly. think, because it shows continuity, I think, that, you know, they aren't just relics, <laughs> you know, that there's, you know, we keep going. And um, So, I yeah, so mine is a smaller, a slightly smaller one, um, and I took the outline only of the Fabergé one that I wore, then designed the diamonds inside it, if you like, and it did take a long time. I thought I'd probably take about three or four months to do it. Um, I thought, oh, well, I'll do it. It'll be take, only take three or four months. But no, it took a lot longer. It took I six or seven months. The design's intriguing because it's like a reverse starburst. Yes, and it's, nothing, yeah. it's like nothing you've ever done before. It's not like any ne necklaces, earrings, bracelets, rings or anything, cufflink, yeah. anything. And so, yeah, it took, long, it took longer than I thought but and so we held back putting it on the shelf because I think brides and our weddings are happening again and and actually the timing is great because of Bridgerton and you know all, all sorts of other tiaras are coming yeah, out. I mean, but you wanted to it to be light didn't you? And yes, comfortable. light and comfortable because um, I know when I wore I know when I wore and I didn't dare bend down to pick something off the floor you know and in case something you know in case it fell off or went at the tilt so I think um and I think that's right for now you know I mean I think something like the uh, the halo the west with the halo is amazing but I can't see anybody thinking that would be perfect for now so, but I can see a, a bride going down the aisle in the one I've got with the veil and some flowers and nobody saying, oh, my goodness, what is that? Yeah. You know? and it's in very the same... modern in, its, in the prongs in the front yes, that you have. it's a very modern. Sort of almost in a... It's like a starburst. Almost yeah. like a chaotic coming together mm. in the centre. Exactly. It's um, beautiful. And given sense. that lovely transition with the outline of the, the Fabergé gives mm. that sort of... What is it, mm. almost exactly probably a hundred years since the Fabergé one was designed yes, to this yes, one. Yes. So it's a really nice connection. Yeah, no, I'm very excited. And again, you know, as I was saying, we've got some of these tiaras, which are by designers like this Christopher Thompson Royd's tiara, and that one is brass. So, I mean, it's absolutely beautiful and delicacy is incredible, but makes it much more sort of a, a affordable rather than a huge diamond set one. It's very contemporary looking. Um, they look like huge golden poppies and they move. So they're going to make a little noise as, as somebody who's wearing it moves. But it also is a bit redolent to me of Napoleon having a golden wreath of laurels. Exactly, that floral nature too. Mm. A, a huge amount of jewellery, as you well know, is inspired by nature. Mm. And flowers is a very common one, sort of the, the language of flowers and beauty of flowers to, to incorporate in tiaras is a lovely thing. And who is buying tiaras? Kiki, do you have brides coming in and people? Well, having only just done one, and it, the first time it's having an airing, it really is at the exhibition. But after that, I would like to rent it out to brides um, for their weddings, because I think, um, I think there's been a long period of time when brides haven't worn them. Um, but now I think they would like to wear one. So I'm hoping that we would be able to rent mm. it out. Um, veil and tiara and flowers in your hand. It's just I'm quite old-fashioned about weddings. I, I I'm not. Um, I mean, if I was ever going to get married again, I would not go to a beach in Italy. You know, um, I, I just don't understand that. I, I went to a really beautiful country wedding the other day, and the bride was wearing a veil and had a really nice headpiece. It wasn't a tiara headpiece, and all the ushers were in tops, hats, and tails, and everything. And I just thought. Why would you get, want to get married any other way, really? Mm. Well, for the first time, anyway. <laughs> As you said, post-lockdown, yeah. maybe, maybe there's going to be a resurgence. You know, people are going I to look so. back to yeah. sort of the good days of the past before yeah, yeah. the world changed. 
Yeah, I noticed actually that the, uh, the Westminster halo, when it was debuted in vogue in 1930, by the Queen's coronation, it was on the head of the Duke's fourth wife. <laughs> <laughs> um, so who is coming in to buy tiaras from you, Christian? Who is coming to sales, auction um, sales? It, it really is one of those global things. As we were saying, there's such rare things, and when they come up at uh, auction... There is such demand, you know, especially if there is provenance attached to these things. But again, it, it, it's that cycle that goes into a family that perhaps mm. their daughter is getting married. Mm. They decide they want a tiara. They buy mm. one. Daughter gets married. And then they think, well, what are we going to do with it now? So mm. 10 years on from that or whatever. Or, you know, you, a wedding tiara is nice to keep in the family because it reminds mm. you of that wedding. And then there but are grandchildren. And, and then there are grandchildren. grandchildren but perhaps if there's no sort of females in the family, yeah. they decide, right, now's the time. You know, I don't need the tiara anymore. And they, they mm. do sort of recycle but it's a completely global market. There is no way of knowing where they're going to go to. Certainly five years ago or so, the Chinese were very, very excited about tiaras and we were selling a few there, but nowadays, mm. anywhere. That's so and you can't get enough, I imagine. You, not enough come onto the market. It's one of those things. I don't think you could ever flood the market with tiaras. I think mm. as many as we've had, we could probably sell them. Um, and they want they antique. They want absolutely. Antique. Generally, you want antique. Although... I think, again, now for the amount of people sort of in the changing world, the luxury market of us selling sneakers and handbags and things like that, contemporary tiaras are going to be just as popular. And then eventually, in their own right, they'll become antique. Here's hoping. But, yeah. <laughs> but, Kiki, you are going to um, also create things that are smaller for people to wear, and you hope to encourage people to wear them yes, in their daily I, life. Yes, I would, I would like... I mean. If you go to a party or, a, I mean, a proper party where, you know, you have to dress up, in a, um, not a long dress particularly, but even a sort of short cocktail, black cocktail dress, um, there's no reason why you can't wear a lovely hair ornament. And I don't think people are going to go in tiaras, I mean, big tiaras, but I think they will go with just um, um, a band with a little little bit of diamond there. And this then becomes a hair ornament as opposed to a tiara, which is a different thing. And I'm going to a big gala evening in about two weeks' time. And I'm just thinking, I wish I had one. Uh, you know, I wish I'd designed one in time because I would have worn one very happily. Uh, just a, a, you know, thin white gold band with a little diamond thing. I'd have worn it very, very happily. Well, grab your tiara out of the case here and wear it for the <laughs> night. <laughs> Yes. I mean, Vivian Westwood wears her coral tiara when she's riding her bike around London. I know. So I think we should all be as brave as that. Yes, yeah, that would be lovely to see. So we've got some amazing Cartier Art Deco, haven't you? We have got certainly a very good architectural one, which is by Cartier. Um, Completely different in style, set with amethyst. So you've got that wonderful sort of regal purple coming through. and the, uh, the architectural style of it is absolutely amazing. Articulated as well, so it can be converted into a necklace. The different styles are what really excite me, sort of from the Art Deco ones, the Kokoschnik style ones, the early 19th century, the mid 19th century floral ones. We've got quite a few of the, the Entremblant flower ones, which are lovely and again mm. can come apart, convert into brooches. Garland style, this is great, Yara here. The, the, the necklace that comes with it, we've still got uh, in the office, but you can see the vacant spaces and there's a massive emerald necklace that goes with it, and the diamonds unscrew from the necklace and just screw into these slots on the tiara, making this, you know, again, very versatile, can be converted necklaces. And above it, it's got sort of little diamond chains. It's almost like 
um, diamond bunting exactly. swagged swagging, across. Yeah, it's yeah. so beautiful. Diamond very swagging pretty, in the garland bows, style. And tied with a little diamond ribbon at yeah, the top. Yeah, so yeah. pretty, the little bows, aren't they? I think they're absolutely lovely. Mm. And bows, bows, I love bows, but they were very 80s, and I think still people associate them with the 80s. We get bow brooches regularly coming through auction yeah. again. They're always popular. From Are the 1950s That's bow brooches, the 80s ones, and again, set mm. with those beautiful baguette cut diamonds and still do well. Maybe yeah. I'll incorporate a bow on my second tiara because I <laughs> love bows. I think they're so pretty, but I, I think the last sort of 15 years hasn't been about bows at all. Yeah, it's been a bit more yeah. about fierce, yes. fierce motifs. Yes. But great so, for a wedding tiara, as you were saying. Yes. You know, the, the idea of the symbolism tying the knot, I suppose. I think you know. I'm... Exactly, yeah. exactly. Now, I will incorporate a tiny bow into my And team. did either of you have any views about the tiaras being worn at the recent Met Ball Gala? Well, Kiki, I was what rather, did she say? Well, I was rather <laughs> amazed that Anna Winter was wearing a, a she tiara, was. wasn't she? she was. But it was really way. It looked like it was going to fall off. It looked like it? I think she'd put it far too far back on her mm, head, mm. Um, because that the tiara was really pretty. But I think I would have worn it in the middle of the head. But people were wearing them. Lorraine yeah. Schwartz made a new one of, mm. um, was it the New York Skyline? I think that Blake Lively wore, yeah. which was kind of amazing. Mm. And, and as we were saying, it is, you know, the probably the premier celebrity event in the US every mm. single year. So if there's any occasion to wear a tiara in the US, mm. it's going to be the I think there was a man wearing a tiara too. Oh, that was the, um, the uh. Dura. Yes. Beautiful Hamish Bowles. Oh, that's a Hamish. It was Hamish, Editor wasn't it? Yes, that's interiors. Right. Yes. Um, wore the Betsy Whitney tiara that when she was coming to London because her husband was going to be ambassador, she was going to be presented at court and she said, I want something that really um, is American. Yeah. And he designed this feathered, beautiful gold feathered head verdura. And it's really lovely. Very delicate. Mm. I'm amazed mm. he was allowed to wear it, actually. Mm. Yeah, I can imagine the, the fragility delicate. of some of these mm. is, yeah. Frankly... Yeah. Anything goes. Everybody just please wear tiara. Yes. That's what <laughs> I mean, it, and it is the way in this sort of age of Instagram where people really want to draw attention to themselves. Mm. There is no better way mm. than having something on your head that glitters. So here I am. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The earrings can easily be hidden by the hair, or yes. the same necklaces can be hidden by the dress or the hair, yes. but a tiara is right there in plain you sight. You literally can't yeah. miss them. Exactly. <laughs> Do you have a favourite, Christian? Uh, I think that would be like asking me to choose between one of my children, which is my favourite. I mean, <laughs> no, I, I don't really, because they are all so beautiful in their different styles. I mean, the yes. styles, the magnificence of some of the stones in them. Some of the smaller ones are some of the prettiest and the most delicate, again, partly because of the, the symbolism, you know, being able to afford what you can for, for a daughter's wedding or something like that. But... Uh, no, I couldn't choose just one. All of them, in fact. <laughs> <laughs> Including okay. mine. Yes, exactly. <laughs> You'd look lovely in that. <laughs> so, if you're going to wear a tiara, this is the year. This mm. is the year. This is definitely the year to wear a tiara. And it doesn't really matter if it's not diamonds. If it sparkles, just put it in your hair and enjoy. You could put a brooch on a hairband. Yeah, brooch on a hairband. Or just even a little motif that you've got. Maybe a little brooch that you've, um, that you've got. And just put it on a hairband. A bit of brown, black or sort of blonde coloured um, velvet if you've got blonde hair. <laughs> and just, just put it in your hair. Yeah, I think so. And Kristen, anyone can come and see these tiaras. Yes, absolutely. So from the 28th of May to the 15th of June... Uh, the galleries will be open for the Jubilee uh, celebration and the tiaras will be there. So, yeah, we're looking forward to welcoming people coming in. Do you need tickets? 
No, no tickets necessary. No tickets. So if I was you, I'd camp out in Bond Street to make sure you're first in the queue <laughs> right now. <laughs> well, thank you so much for showing us these. And actually, we will run some imagery on the um, on Instagram so people can see them. But what a treat! What a treat to come and see them and hold them and have that, as you say, that same visual experience as these people when they wore them to the coronation. Mm. Exactly. It's thank a pleasure you. to be able to curate this and and, and share my passion for tiaras. Thank you, Kiki. Pleasure. Thank you for listening. For more information about this and other episodes of If Jules Could Talk, please go to our website, carolwilton.com slash podcasts. And if you liked it, please share it any way that you can. And please subscribe to the podcast feed on any of the usual platforms where you find your podcasts and we'd love a rating and a comment. I don't know if I told you that British Vogue actually named us as one of the best podcasts to listen to for 2022. So they left their rating, so we'd love one from you as well. Please join us again in two weeks for the next Jeweled Nugget when you won't believe if I can do better than the Sotheby's Vaults, we are going to go to Buckingham Palace and Windsor Castle where we are going to talk to the Deputy Surveyor of the Queen's Works of Art and Jewellery, Caroline de Guito. And she looks after about 700,000 objects for the Queen. She probably knows the Queen's jewellery collection better than Her Majesty. And she's going to talk us through what Her Majesty will be exhibiting over the summer. So please join me again in two weeks. Until then, goodbye. Goodbye.